Hello and welcome to the Travel Talk Podcast, where I interview expats and locals from cool and interesting places. I'm your host, Melissa, and today we're going to talk about the Philippines with Ted. Ted had the chance to live in the Philippines with a middle-class family, and that provides just such a great learning opportunity. Not only did he get to see the amazing beaches, the incredible food, but he also talks about ways that you can give back. I'm really excited to have him here today. Let's get started. So... Ted, thank you so much for joining us on Travel Talk. Um, I, how about you introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. My name's Ted Willis. I have a YouTube channel where I've traveled all around the world and have like travel vlogs and then also a bunch of travel tips. So I'm all about travel, so I'm happy to be here to talk about it. That's perfect. We're all about travel as well. Um, so as you know, kind of the premise of the podcast is we want to go where the locals go. We want that local insider knowledge. Um, I know you travel a lot. What area do you plan to talk about today? Yeah, so I really want to talk about the Philippines because while I have been to a lot of different places all over Europe and Asia, I've spent the most time in the Philippines. And I love that you guys want to talk about how the locals travel and what the locals do in these different destinations because that is basically what I did in the Philippines. I mostly stayed with Filipinos. That's awesome. How do you find a connection like that? So we live in an amazing time with social media, um, and I just really reached out to my network of friends and asked people, like, who who knows people in the Philippines? I'm going to be there. Can anybody connect me? And the thing about the Philippines is that Filipinos live all over the world and definitely in the United States. And so I had some friends who are Filipino that have family there, and they introduced me, and I got to stay with my friend's cousins. So you just had a local connection that was able to um, facilitate an opportunity. Yeah, that was one main way. And then all my travels when I don't have that direct of a connection, I also use couch surfing a lot. And even if I didn't stay with people, I found that with couch surfing, people were eager to meet up and just show me around their city. And I didn't have to stay with them just to get to know them, have a meal, explore. It was a really cool resource. And tell me, how is that more of an immersive experience than staying at a hotel? Like, do you have any specific experiences that come, come to mind? Yeah, yeah. So staying at a hotel, even if they do offer like an authentic local experience, oftentimes it's a very consumer-driven thing. And when I got to stay with people with families, it was I was welcomed into their rhythms of life. And so I got to eat meals with them and hang out with them. And there was just like really unique experiences that I think you couldn't get anywhere else. So like one super random story, when I first got to the Philippines, I was staying with my friend's cousin and his cousin is a tattoo artist. And he came over and was just like tattooing people in their living room. And I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. I'll film it, but no, I, I don't think I'm going to get a tattoo today. Thank you very much. Oh my God. What, what, what was the craziest tattoo that happened that day? <laughs> this, this guy got a tattoo of his late cat. Um, they were apparently very close to this cat and um, quite sad that it was no longer with them. Um, wow. So yeah, cat face. Wow. I, I, think he, I think he wins the award for the greatest cat enthusiast. <laughs> 
Yes, I guess so, man. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I, it sounds like there's just such a strong community there. Like, literally in one night, you can get all those people in the room and make something happen. Um, are families really close there? Like, do typically the relatives stay in the same cities as the other relatives? Yeah, so the Philippines is Asian country, and so it is a more Eastern culture. That being said, they're very communal focus, very centered on family and neighbors. And so hanging out in the neighborhood, everyone's out on the streets, uh, spending time together, families eat dinners together. And in the one neighborhood I stayed in, it was, yeah, like the one immediate family, but then their aunt and uncle lived down the street. They had another aunt and uncle and a grandma that just, and it was like probably 30 or 50 relatives all lived in this one neighborhood and just live life together. And so, yes, they are very, very community-centric and family-centric. Uh, but that being said, people do leave but usually because it's a uh, financial necessity. And so it's a really common thing in the Philippines for, it's called OFW, Overseas Filipino Worker, and family members will send kids or a spouse overseas to another country to earn money because it, uh, foreign currencies are much more valuable than uh, the currency in the Philippines. And so it really helps the family out a lot. But because the culture is so family community centric, it's really, really difficult for people to leave that and be working for years at a time, sending money back to your family, but not getting to raise your kids, um, stuff like that. So it's, it's really hard, I think. Yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine. Um, that must be hard not being close to family. And I'm guessing then that the neighborhood you're staying in probably wasn't a very affluent neighborhood either. Yeah, so it was like um, typically, it was a typical middle class neighborhood, but middle class in America and middle class in the Philippines are two very different things. And so what it looked like was kind of a spectrum of wealth. There were houses made of like a cinder block with like concrete and roofs right next to more temporary kind of like lean-to structures um and it yeah there's not a not a ton of money um and so like basically the only way to be super wealthy in the philippines is to be a landowner and to own large businesses but if you're just an employee somewhere it's very difficult to make a wage that you can raise a family on and it's most people are scraping by if they're just employees and so like people in the middle class neighborhoods that have a little bit of money that they can save up to send somebody overseas um, to work that that's where you typically see people leaving from um, to be able to send money back home so like, for example my friend that I was staying with his sister went to Japan when she was like 17 and she's been living there for 10 years and only sees her family maybe once a year, maybe every other year. But she was able to send money back. So my friend got to go um, study in college. Wow. That's incredible. That's really amazing. Um, it's, it's, it's incredible despite the circumstances, what they do and how they support each other. Yeah, very, very resilient people and um, super, super positive. Like everybody will always have a smile on their face. But um, despite that smile, there is hardship underneath the surface for sure. Yeah, um, 
there's such a disparity. Like when I think of the Philippines, I think of the resorts and the beautiful oceans and like, you know, all the great things that you can do on a beach vacation. Um, but this is totally a world that you, you kind of see behind, like almost on the sidelines, but you don't really think about as much. So it's great that it sounds like you just had an incredibly immersive opportunity. Yeah, most people will go to the Philippines because of those tropical beaches. And trust me, you definitely need to hit the beaches while you're there. But that's only a fraction of what the Philippines is. And like most people don't live on the resort beaches, you know. And so if you really want to get experience of what Filipino culture is, you need to go and hang out with Filipinos. And they're so welcoming, so hospitable. They're eager to invite you into their homes and uh, you can really get experience of what Filipino life is like if you just kind of step out of that comfort zone and meet some new friends. That's amazing. Um, I love that idea. So I normally get a couple weeks of vacation a year, and I always like to go somewhere really exciting. It's like my location for the year. If I were to go to the Philippines for like a week, for example, um, you know, what, what would you recommend that, that would be included in that itinerary? Yeah, so um, a week is pretty quick. Uh, that's what's hard about being Americans and most people only getting two weeks of vacation a year. It's such a limited amount of time. But that being said, you can still do a lot in the Philippines. Uh, you f- you'll fly into Manila, most likely, and so that's like the big main uh, capital city. And a lot of people will skip out of Manila right away because they want to get to those beaches, but... I would spend at least a day there, explore around. It's a really vibrant city that's unlike anywhere else in the Philippines, probably unlike anywhere else in the world. And since you're there, definitely need to um, spend some time exploring. Very diverse city. Um, and then I would get over to El Nido. It is a like the definition of tropical paradise. Literally one of the most beautiful places I've seen in the entire world. And... Um, it's, it's not too difficult to get to from Manila. It's a pretty popular uh, destination, but isn't quite overrun by tourists yet. But you probably need to get there soon. That sounds like a good balance, because um, I definitely want to enjoy those beaches. It's a vacation after all, but I think part of it's just taking a vacation a layer deeper. Um, how, could you, how could you balance that? Like, what if I don't have a connection in, in El Nido, for example? Yeah, so... Um, Like I said, if you don't know people, couch surfing is a totally valuable um, way to get connected. Um, But if you're not, if you want a little bit more comfort than, you know, staying with someone that you have no idea who they are, hit up Airbnb. And um, there's lots of options. I think people maybe have in their mind that Airbnb is you just rent out a vacation home, but you can also just rent out a room. And so you're staying in someone's house, but with the people that actually live there. And so that's another great way to get to know locals, um, but still have a little bit of the comfort zone there and some like privacy boundaries. If you have your own room, like kind of set up with them. I love that idea. So if I'm island hopping in El Nido, for example, um, there's these beautiful beaches. Like, is this also where surfing's really great? Is there a reef there? Like, what would you recommend I'm, I'd be spending my, my beach vacation doing? Yeah, so El Nido, um, there actually isn't surfing there. Uh, the water's super flat, super calm. To do surfing, you'd have to go down to, like, 
um, other beaches like the southern part of the Philippines. But El Nido does have amazing snorkeling and uh, there are like cool, there's like a little town there with some cool like nightlife, but yeah, there's hikes, just beautiful beaches. Um, there's all these island hopping tours that you could do a couple different times. And so they'll take you out on these boats and go to all these different beaches and then like make you a, a beachside lunch and just meet a bunch of other people that are exploring around and you kind of like have this group of friends for the day from all over the world that you get to go explore these white sandy beaches with. Oh, that sounds amazing. I want to be there right now. <laughs> um, yeah, it is quite the place to be for sure. Oh gosh, that sounds beautiful. So do you need to know, like if I'm, for example, I love the idea of staying at an Airbnb and like staying with like in a share, like in a room and what, like I share a building or a unit, for example, um, if I wanted to find these things like snorkeling trips or hiking routes, do I have to know um, any other languages other than English? Uh, how much am I held back by the fact that I only speak English? So that's another really fun thing about the Philippines that I didn't actually really know. I, so to be honest, I didn't do a ton of research before I got there. But I was pleasantly surprised to find out that English is the second official language of the Philippines. Uh, That's so amazing. especially, especially in the more touristy areas, everybody will speak English. And even in the not touristy areas, most people at least understand English. And so you can get really far by just speaking English. And most of the signage is in English also. Uh, and so booking any sort of tourist deal, English will be fine. And, um, yeah, I actually, unless you're like out in super rural areas, um, you might have a hard time getting by with English alone, but um, you'll be able to find people that are willing to help you out. There you go. Did you ever get lost? Um, no, I, I, I never, I never wandered too far away from my friends. Um, so there wasn't any too many, there weren't too many moments of panic for me in the Philippines, but, um, yeah, I would, I, I wouldn't, uh, I would definitely try to make some local friends if you're going to venture, um, oh, off the beaten path, uh, just cause you never really know what what's uh, what's around you or what to expect if you're not a local. So it's a good way to keep out of your trouble, just making some friends to watch your back. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that. So it sounds like, you know, when you're doing the vacation-y things, hiking, swimming, snorkeling, island hopping, it sounds like there's a, a system in place that, you know, there'll be tourists and you'll be safe. Um, I know that there is some violence in the Philippines, how do you navigate that? How do you kind of found that boundary? Um, did you always have a friend with you? Were you ever by yourself? Yeah, so I um, stuck to the touristy spots when I was alone without a local. But uh, I did go venture off and like did the off the beaten path thing, certainly. But I was always with somebody or going to meet somebody that... I was connected to already, whether it was at the very least couch surfing and, uh, but usually it was a friend of a friend or friend of a friend of a friend, um, that I was introduced to and they would show me around their neighborhood or take me around. So the one thing that I did that was a little sketchy, which I wouldn't recommend, but it worked out for me. I 
met some people on couch surfing and they invited me to go on a camping trip with them. And I landed in, so you fly around the Philippines. It's probably, it's the easiest way to get from like place to place. And so I landed in Davao City and met up with this person from couch surfing I'd never met before. And then we drove three hours out of the city to go camping on this beach. And that was like, okay, well, I hope these people are cool because I'm kind of screwed if they're not. But it worked out. They were awesome. Um, couch surfing is a pretty safe bet. But yeah, that was that was the highest risk thing I did. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, yeah. you kind of have to trust your instincts there. It, it's so much dependent on the person you're going with. And, you know, I think your gut often has a good instinct on that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right, don't fight it. Just, you know, kind of bow out and find the next adventure. I know that when you travel through Europe, it's really all about the cities, Amsterdam, London, Paris, Rome. I imagine with the Philippines, because of the outdoor nature of it, it's not necessarily about the city centers. It's probably about the surroundings. How do you how do you pick a route so, um, so you can maximize, you know, a seven day vacation? Because that's really not enough time. Yeah, I would um, with seven days, I would probably pick like two or three things that you want to see and do. Um, man, that's a really in and out time frame. I would, I would really try to take at least two or three weeks if you're going to be at the Philippines because there's just so much you could possibly do. But there are routes that you can kind of like fly from Manila. You can go to El Nido and then you can go to um, like... Uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head because I did not do this. I was like kind of all over the place and not like the, the smoothest, the smoothest routes. But, um, there's a couple like hot spots like, uh, Oh, Baraka is another, another big, like, it's kind of like a nightclub party beach, uh, setup that a lot of tourists love to go to. Wait, what's Baraka? Um, Baraka. Yeah. Is that like an Island or is that a, a Filipino term for something? No, that's the name of that's the name of this island city. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So on your list it sounds like day trip in Manila, just to spend some time there, make sure to check out El Nido, and then um then finally, you know, being able to hit up some of these major cities like um like Brohai. Barakai, yeah. Barakai. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's um that's definitely the place to party it up. There you go. Um, tell me a little bit more about the food as well. I imagine in a tropical environment like that, they probably have food and fruit that only the Philippines has. Yeah, the food there is amazing. Um, so their national dish is called uh, adobo, and it's like typically a pork adobo. And so there's a lot of rice and like saucy, kind of more greasy meats that you can get. But then my favorite is definitely all of the tropical fruit. Um, the bananas and mangoes there are so sweet. It's like a totally different genre of fruit uh, wow. that you just can't get in the United States. Uh, so that was really, really special. And then, of course, you're on these islands and there's so much amazing seafood. So if you're a fish fan, you will not be disappointed in the Philippines. But So try as much as you possibly can. If you're really adventurous... Um, you can check out Balut, which is a 
um, fertilized duck egg. Uh, so there's like a duck fetus inside this egg that they cook up and it's typically, uh, served. You can find it like night markets and you eat it with drinking. So, um, that's a little more adventurous, but it's, it's tasty. I liked it. So you had it. I did. Oh my God. More than once. (laughs) Uh, I I did have it more than once. I had it once from like a little night market stand, and then I had a version of it in a mall actually, and it was like deep fried. It was like already out of the shell, and so that one was a little more tame. But um, yeah, it was it was all right. It's kind of between a chicken and an egg, if you can uh, imagine that. No, I can't. <laughs> did it taste good? Yeah, it's like kind of meaty. Um, you can get it like there's a, there's several varieties. You can get it kind of like different ages, like so like nine days to like eighteen days or something like fertilized. So there's like more. It's like more developed um, as the time goes on. Uh, so you can get it even a little feathery if you want. Oh wow, that mm-hmm. I, that's definitely on the spectrum of it's definitely on the higher tier of adventure when you're. When you're thinking about what to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if Worth you, really, if out, you really want to immerse yourself, that sounds like something that's relatively feasible to do. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Um, cool. If there's one thing you think the tour, the tour guides or the tour books maybe miss based off your time there, what is that? I would say that... Um, Many people go to the Philippines and don't really think twice about like, oh, what could I give back here? And to be honest, there's a ton of poverty there and there's a lot of needs. And so a great way to really get to know the community is to just help out. And there's a ton of different nonprofits, both centered in the Philippines, but also international NGOs that you can connect with and volunteer, whether it be um, teaching English for like a couple of months if you really want to um, commit time there or you can do like food feeding programs there's like a whole plethora of things I worked a couple weeks at a sports camp basketball is super popular in the Philippines and so yeah I volunteered at a basketball camp and connected with people and that was really the most rewarding part and really enriching like I got to know the culture and got to know people and got to contribute a little bit that's amazing um there just seems like there's so much to do in the philippines both like as a tourist but also as just you know a a citizen like a person just trying to find ways to contribute and give back Um, any final words for our listeners yeah i would just encourage you guys to if you've never traveled overseas before gotten out of that comfort zone please do it and honestly even if you have traveled quite a bit but maybe never traveled by yourself. Um, I think that's a valuable experience too, because I was traveling alone for most of my trip and that opens you up to a whole other realm of unique experiences. And it's much easier to get connected with locals when it's just you. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ted. I'm so excited. I definitely want to check out the Philippines on my next vacation. And um, for you listeners, thanks for for tuning in. And we'll see you on our next um, podcast for Travel Talk. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Ted. Thanks, Ted, for joining us. And for all you listeners out there, the Travel Talk podcast is uploaded every other Wednesday. Please subscribe, share, feedback, comments, anything. Our next topic is going to be about Ireland with Fiona. 